You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Plum, and we are continuing our off-season discussions of each position group, giving you the perspective for the New York Giants, and then transitioning and discussing what you need to know about free agents and the draft classes. Today, we are talking about the linebacker position. We talked talked mostly about the edge position on the previous show in terms of pass rushers. Today we're getting a little bit more focused on those outside linebackers, the inside linebackers, and a lot of the issues that the Giants are dealing with. And I think, Chris, you and I could both agree this is one of the biggest positional holes that the Giants have right now is not having consistency and a real major playmaker at the linebacker position. We're going to get rolling right on into this and like we have been doing, discussing the positives. The first thing, the one thing that we really did like from this linebacker group and that's having pass rush versatility from the outside linebackers. Now, Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez were not really true pass rushing linebackers, but they were able to be productive despite not getting a ton of run and a ton of reps. Both of them had four and a half sacks. Carter had six tackles for loss. And then Zimenez, the most surprising, though, having that four and a half sacks and then also five tackles for loss to go along with it. Yeah, and that, that really is kind of part of the edge position the way it's evolving is sometimes they're linebackers sometimes they're defensive end and I think both of those guys did show that they can do both of those positions depending on the down distance alignment package you know all of those things that are constantly changing on defense I was pleasantly surprised by O'Shane Zimenez especially towards the end of the end of the year yeah I thought he would have a fairly short learning curve because he did come out with really polished technique and hand usage, especially come out, coming out of a school like Old Dominion. It would be one thing to expect polished, te- polished technique coming out of Ohio State or Alabama, but Old Dominion is not exactly a football factory. Lorenzo Carter, you know, the fact that they produced so similarly is great for Zimenez, not great for Carter, just because you would expect him to produce more to take more of a step in his second year in the NFL. Carter, like you said, did not really take a huge leap forward, but we did see some improvements. I think one of the things is, though, is that they didn't really give as many reps as as we would have hoped to Carter as he wasn't one of the top positional rep getters um, at, the, out, at that outside linebacker position, but still decent production. I think the bigger positive, though, is O'Shane Zimenez, and I think he went a little bit under the radar in terms of 
people knowing how well he did do. And I think when you talk about how he only got around 45% of reps uh, during the season at his position and he was able to be relatively productive as a rookie and as a third rounder, th- that is pretty promising. Now, in terms of Joe Judge's new philosophy of we're going to work with guys in their and, and help them improve their strengths and work with those strengths to become a better football team, Zimenez could very well fit that mold of we're going to work with him, we're going to keep getting him better and then turn him into a defensive weapon. Both of these guys, though, I think go in line with the philosophy of having a good defense is that you don't need either of them to be your premier pass rush threat. But the best defenses in the NFL right now are good because they have depth at pass rushing at the pass rushing position. They have different guys that can come in and swap out in sub packages in various situations that can come in, make a play, go pick up a sack. You don't need them to start every single down if they do happen to draft or sign someone to be those primary threats. Yeah, and you also mentioned versatility, and I think that could be where Lorenzo Carter shines. You know, maybe as less a primary pass rusher, but more as a guy who can give you some pass rush, who can be a weapon on passing downs, but also a guy who can play in space. I don't know about you, but at least for me, most of Carter's most memorable and best snaps came with him playing in space, either you know, chasing down a screen pass, running with a running back or a tight end, doing those things and really using his length and athleticism to kind of occupy that middle of the field area where the Giants have just struggled so mightily to find any answers. So maybe with a shifting defensive philosophy, maybe the Giants will use Carter as more of a defensive weapon, like you said, and maybe that will be his strength. And the other thing, too, is that both of these guys are very athletic. They are talented. They just need to be more refined on a number of different things. Hopefully the new coaching and and having a completely new coaching staff, a new face in front of them will be able to help cultivate that development and that increase in production over the next few seasons. In terms of things we didn't like, and this is something that I would say we've harped on for a long time now since the beginning of the show is Alec Ogletree. Keep it plain and simple. Go right to the source here. Alec Ogletree, albeit he's not a bottom tier linebacker in this league, but he's not really performing up to the contract that he's being given right now. Right now he's earning around $11 million a year, which is one of the top linebacker salaries in the NFL and his performances and also his availability has not been up to that standard. So he only had 80 uh, 80 tackles last year, a sack, and an interception. And he also only played in 13 games in each of the last two seasons. Not having him available that often for a full 16-game stretch, understandably it's the linebacker position, but not having that availability for a guy that is being paid to be one of the top players at his position is truly disappointing. And Ogletree used to be a much more athletic and explosive linebacker when he was younger and earlier on in his career. But you're starting to see that regress from him. We're starting to see continued injuries. We're starting to see him slow down. We're starting to see his reaction time not being as good as it used to be. Look, Alec Ogletree seems like a great guy, but I don't really think that he is the answer right now at that Mike linebacker position. And it really does beg the question of if, if he should be sticking around or not. 
Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned him slowing down. I think that kind of exposes the big weakness in his game. And that is just his mental processing and kind of awareness. Remember, we hoped that his uptick in production at the second half of 2018 would carry over and he would be able to build on that in 2019. But we really didn't see that. You know, he had all those interceptions and you know all those splash plays at the end of 2018. But it seems like those really were due to just the Giants playing bad backup quarterbacks. And all too often, way too often, way, way too often, you know, we saw Ogletree just kind of covering grass, standing there while offensive players ran through his zone and him not reacting until the player or the ball would, were past him. We saw him give up touchdowns just looking completely lost in the defense. And, you know, as his athleticism has started to fade, you know, he can't really make up time like he could, like he used to be able to. And that is really having a negative impact on the defense. And then, you know, his contract is just, it kind of hamstrings the giant salary cap position. There's not really any other way to put it. You know, if he's making about 22, 22 and a half million dollars over the next two years, that is just way too much for the level of play the giants are getting. And if Alec Ogletree was making a minimal contract, something around maybe $5 million, it would be worth what you're getting for him. But the fact that he's earning over $10 million and is one of the higher paid linebackers in the NFL, it puts a lot of strain on the cap, as, as you indicated there. And I just want to say his regression is epitomized from one specific play I can remember against the Miami Dolphins where he was pretty much juked out by... Ryan Fitzpatrick was not be able to really redirect and pick him up and make that play because he reacts slowly and he cut and moved too slowly. On to the other negative we have here, and this one is very clear considering the lack of talent at the position, but it's the fact that there's not much depth at the linebacker spot. And once in the beginning of the season, Ryan Connolly, who had a really good preseason, he was starting to look good early on in the year. As soon as he went down with the season-ending injury, it seems like everything went all to hell because there was no one consistent. There were different guys popping in and out, and there were a lot of problems in run defense despite having a really good front line of big, space-eating defensive tackles and defensive ends. They weren't able to make plays, and it was continually on and off during the season that they weren't able to get consistent play from their linebackers and also Alec Ogletree was in and out he missed three games this year and when other guys had to step in and play it was a, 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 a who's who of the linebacker position who is in here and where are they even from and you could point the finger right at them and saying they're the big reason why the run defense is not looking so good but if you look at the linebackers that are the depth for them, David Mayo stepped in and played most of the season. He didn't really seem like he was an answer. Dayon Buchanan, who they signed later on in the season, did not really play up to the expectations that a lot of people had hoped. Was a, a James Betcher piece that was brought in because he was familiar with him. And then Josiah Toafea, more of a special teams guy. Overall, though, there needs to be an emphasis in this year's draft of at least taking one guy early on or in the later rounds. Yeah, I'm... 
it's kind of that way with a number of positions where you know you'd love to get the guy at the top of the round and maybe double circle back around double dip and get a guy later on i think you i think there are a few teams where you know maybe having david may or Dayon buchanan as special teams guys you know maybe be a depth piece who comes on the field here and there you know if your starter needs to tie his shoe or something like that but you do not want to have to be relying on them and really the giants were in in a position where they had to rely on those guys and it really showed now we're going to fill you in on the upcoming linebacker free agents to be aware of and also this year's linebacker draft class. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. In terms of free agents for this year, it's a bit of a scarce group. So when we're discussing the offseason game plan for the linebacker position, there's not a ton of options for them to go out and sign someone. We were saying and talking before the show that besides the list that we have accumulated here, it's a lot of guys that are over the age of 32 that are a bit over the hump that would essentially be the same quality or worse than Alec Ogletree. But I I think that if they do for their game plan for this position group, if they want to be smart about it, they should bring in some type of veteran. They should bring in somebody that has been around the league because they can help elevate and and bring up the, the, the level of quality for this defense, kind of like the Chargers did this past offseason in bringing in Thomas Davis from the the Panthers. While their defense wasn't as good as many people had hoped it could be, that's the type of piece that you're looking for. The other thing, too, here is drafting Isaiah Simmons. I'm going to keep pushing that, that agenda. I am the biggest supporter of Isaiah Simmons to go to the New York Giants as anyone that is out there. And I know a lot of people on, on, on Twitter and stuff that are part of Giants Twitter are saying they want Isaiah Simmons. Well, I am I'm currently in that camp and saying that they should get Isaiah Simmons. If they don't get him, then draft somebody in the mid-round. You need to do both of getting a, a young rookie and also a veteran if they want to to f- fix a glaring issue for this defense. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to see more of Ryan Connolly and know whether or not he could be an answer going forward. You know, if the Giants could get away with not signing, say, Dan Trevathan or Kyle Van Noy and be able to put the load on Ryan Connolly to be their mic, that would be great to know. Unfortunately, we don't know a whole lot about him. He had a small sample size before he got hurt. But yeah, the the Giants absolutely need to add both an experienced guy and a young guy to their linebacking core. Isaiah Simmons would be great. I think he should be right at if not the top of the list, right close to the top of the list of their draft targets. Maybe a pie-in-the-sky hope that a couple teams trade in front of the Giants and Chase Young slips down to them. Then I, I think we would all be okay with them uh, passing on, on Isaiah Simmons. Or you know there are some mid-round prospects, which we will get to in, in a few minutes here. But it, it's, a, it's something the Giants ha- absolutely have to address. And if you if you decide to draft Isaiah Simmons, I think that would solve not only the issue of, of having no major talent at the linebacker position, but it would infinitely elevate that position past just being average. He's incredibly talented. I'm not trying to make him seem like he's some never-before-seen talent, but the fact that he can play multiple positions is exactly what you're looking for in an early-round, early first-round prospect 
at the linebacker position. It's not like they're drafting someone that's just a straight-up Mike linebacker and can't do anything else. He has the versatility to be on the field for all three downs, and you can ask him to move around in any defensive sub-package that you have out there. It, it needs to be properly looked into, and also it needs to be a thought process for Dave Gettleman to consider drafting Isaiah Simmons at that four spot if, if Chase Young is gone at that point. In terms of the free agents that are available, the guys that are going to be likely leaving or are currently not under contract or are currently going to be free agents, rather, Marcus Golden is expected to be a free agent, David Mayo, Dan Buchanan, and Devontae Downs. Now, replacing those guys, there's not a, a very attractive list, like I said. A lot of these guys are a bit over the hump. They're on the older side. The closest to that 30 range that's not too crazy is Danny Trevathan from the Chicago Bears. And then, as we do every single week, we have to bring up one Patriot, and that's Kyle Van Noy. The Giants really have had a preference for players with players and personnel in general that, that, that they're familiar with. And with Brett Bielema on the defense, uh, Joe Judge as the head coach, there's definitely a strong Patriots tie. So we have to look at Patriots free agents. And Kyle, Kyle Van Noy is a viable linebacker, linebacker free agent. He's less than 30. He has been reasonably productive. So I think just like with the McCourty in the secondary, we kind of have to consider him. And then, you know, you also mentioned Danny Trevathan. He has been a very good player for a very long time. Also, you're completely right. There just aren't that many really good, attractive linebackers out there because good linebackers are hard to come by, especially nowadays in the NFL with all of the various demands placed on the position. Teams that have good ones generally don't let them go. You know, that's why you see like the contract that Jalen Smith just got over the summer. It's going to be, I think, rare for really good impact off-ball linebackers to hit the market. That's a really good point that you bring up in teams not being willing to relinquish those guys. They typically bring them in, they develop them, and then they become huge impact players. Now, if they draft someone early that doesn't really hit well, no one really wants a linebacker that's not playing up to his potential. Those guys bounce around. You don't really hear much of them. One other guy, though, that there's a very good chance that he doesn't end up leaving is Corey Littleton from the Los Angeles Rams. He had 134 tackles last year. He's only 26 years old. Very, very productive. Very, very underrated uh, as their their lead linebacker on that defense. So somebody that they could very well look into. Also, Patrick Onwuser from the Ravens. A very good defense coached up by Greg Roman, who's one of the best defensive coordinators arguably in the league. Having a guy like that that's that smart and productive and also on the younger side could very well fit that that need of a, a more veteran but also not too old linebacker that the Giants could be looking for. Yeah, and the, the Ravens do have a really good track record of drafting and developing linebackers you know obviously they had ray lewis and I believe it was art brown they kind of stumbled with but then you know they had cj mosley and amuser he has really stepped in and the fact that he came up as an undrafted free agent and has become as good as he is as productive as he is you know, i think that really does speak to 
the work the Ravens do in identifying and developing those players. So if the Giants could get a guy who is, again, that good and only 27 years old, that is definitely something they should look into. Now on to discussing this year's linebacker draft class. We're going to continue to dive deep into Isaiah Simmons and and how much I personally love him. I don't know uh, um, how you feel exactly about Isaiah Simmons. I do know you like him, Chris, but every year people that evaluate draft classes have somebody that they, they absolutely love. And right now that guy is Isaiah Simmons for me. I will continue to talk him up. He needs to be a name that needs to be acknowledged in this year's draft class. Now, if they don't happen to get him because maybe the Lions take him at three, maybe the Giants decide to trade back and focus on other things, albeit there are some decent quality guys on day two, and that starts with Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Also, Troy Dye from Oregon, who is very fast and very athletic. And then also Evan Weaver from Cal, who recently played at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, the... The guy who kind of stand, stands out to me is Troy Dye, Part, partly, and I'll say in large part, because he caught my eye during draft prep for last year, and it kind of broke my heart a little bit when he decided to return to school. You know, he is a very athletic and very active off-ball linebacker. You know, he's reasonably si- similar in build to Isaiah Simmons. He's not quite that athletic, but yeah. You know, 6'4", about 225-230, that really is the build and the type of linebacker that you that we're starting to see really be successful. You know, kind of like uh, Darius Leonard was for the Colts a couple years ago, uh, Bobby Okariki was this past year. You know, we've seen one team come up with two, basically two defensive rookie of the year caliber players with a very similar type you know very similar body type very similar game so i think that is something we really should be keying on and trying to identify other thing too that does need to be acknowledged there are a couple of players in this year's draft that we've spoken about in pretty good detail that aren't linebackers but could be that versatile piece and that is jeremy chin from southern illinois and kyle duggar from Lenoir Rhine, small school guys, very very athletic um, safeties that can move all over the field, that are very quick, very fast processing, and can make big plays. Now Duggar had the better Senior Bowl performance, and we saw him make some really really good plays during that Senior Bowl. He was a guy that I really enjoyed watching. He's somebody to keep an eye on that we'll probably dive a little bit more into during the safeties and then defensive back show, but he is someone worth considering because he has that versatility to be that box safety um, who can cover, who can do a number of things besides just being that, that bigger box safety. Yeah. And both of those guys also have enough size to play at the second level, play closer to the line of scrimmage while having the athleticism to cover and really be all over the field, play back a little bit in coverage, and then come down and rush the passer, play the run, Do be that kind of safety linebacker hybrid. Not saying they will be that, but they at least have the potential to be considered in that kind of a light. 
All right, that is going to be it from us today on the Linebacker Offseason Show. Next show that we're going to be giving you is yet another mailbag. We're getting back to it despite getting slightly away from it during the Senior Bowl. We're trying to get you all that content during the Senior Bowl. But if you have any questions, be sure to send it into our Gmail account, BigBlueView at gmail.com, or you can send it into our Facebook page and additionally on social media at BigBlueView. You can also tweet at us at Joe DeLeon and at RaptorMKII. Also, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us.